Richtung KLK. Two's a mouthful, three's a crowd. Everybody, pile on into Mackie's Clubhouse. We're here talking about another episode. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. Today we're going to be talking about The Shield, Season 4, Episode 2, Grave. Grave. I don't know why Sounds it's ominous. Grave. Yeah, it's not. I think The Undertaker was in this episode. That's really probably why. It wasn't long enough for The Undertaker to be in. <laughs> he was supposed to be in it, but most of it, he got there late. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't get there in the 45 minutes of showtime. Yeah, 45 minutes was just him walking to the set. <laughs> uh, the original air date was March 22nd, 2005, directed by Paris Barclay, who yeah. we've definitely talked about before. I know that guy directed a, He had a lot to do with NYPD Blue, I'm pretty sure, if I remember. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. And maybe uh, two also uh, Sons of Anarchy, right? Oh, that sounds... I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Kurt Sutter would have brought in all those guys. Yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah. He brought in most of the cast at some point, so... <laughs> now, this episode's in black and white, which was weird, I thought. <laughs> I don't know. It was, a, it was an odd it was choice. stylistic choice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was silent, too, so that was... Oh, it was like yeah. The Artist. Yes. But yeah. people didn't pretend it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode was written by Kurt Sutter, yeah. uh, which, again, you can probably tell it was Kurt Sutter because, A, it like many of his episodes, ends with the musical montage. And then, B, this might be the most Kurt Sutter of them all because his wife is in it. Yeah, she she is in it. Yep, that is yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but all right. Anyways, um, so this episode you don't starts get that out. He has a wife. I, I don't get like her with him. Like I don't. I'm not shitting on either one of them, but I, I don't know. Like I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe is she is she um, Gemma Teller in real life? Is she like? Do you think she's more that than like a Peg Bundy type? Um, you know what? Honestly, I was listening to the uh, the commentary for this episode earlier today, and it was a weird one because it was like Kurt Sutter. I guess Paris Barkley was supposed to be there, but he didn't show up, so they ribbed him a little bit about that. Uh, and it was like Benito Martinez, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Lem. <laughs> uh, Johnson. Kim Johnson. Yep, David Snell, who plays Ronnie, uh, and Katie Seagal. So she was there. And at one point they started talking, like the two of them were kind of talking about this episode, like, oh, what's it like to, you know, work with someone you're married to and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's cool. Except that, that day, like he was trying to give me advice at home and shit like that. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so it was kind of cool hearing their interactions. And it sounded like she is generally, she's pretty upbeat. So I, I don't think she's very Gemma Teller-ish. She seemed kind of upbeat and like she can go with the flow a lot. Whereas it sounds like Kurt Sutter is a little bit more uh, demanding, and he's probably more Gemma Teller, to be honest. Oh, I see. Where okay. He's like a little more uh, high strung. Yeah. Now, um, I think, doesn't she like sing and stuff now? Uh, probably. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, I thought she had like albums and shit out. And uh, also, too, um, <clears throat> I know I already told you this earlier today, but uh, I'm going to let everybody else know. Mm-hmm. Um I got home from work. I turned the TV on. And by default, Lifetime Movie Network's always on at this house <laughs> because the wife loves it. 
And as soon as I fall asleep at like 7, 8 p.m. at night, she like she just flips Lifetime movies on and it's always on. <laughs> Long story short, I turn Lifetime movie or I turn the TV on and Lifetime movie channels on and I'm not watching it. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting undressed or whatever. You know, I was going to get <laughs> I was getting ready to get in the shower. And there's like a, there's a scene where there's like a husband and a wife and a kid or whatever. They're sitting around the table and I'm not paying too much attention. But then, like, I hear the dad talking and I'm like. I recognize that voice and I look at it and I was like, is that Ronnie? And I'm like, it was Ronnie Jank. Like Ronnie is still working and stuff. Yeah. That, that's amazing. I know. Um, I, I've never seen him in anything besides, you know, the shield and sons of anarchy. Like that was it. <laughs> I know. I'm glad he's out there booking work. Good I for know. him. It is weird. Somebody gave him a role where he could talk more than like two words. Yeah, I don't know what was going on in the movie. And then here's the other thing, Jank, and I don't know. It, it's weird. But, like, um, so, like, there's, like, a lady, like, whoever his wife was or whatever in that movie. And I was like, oh, she's kind of she's kind of sexy or whatever for a woman my age. And when I say my age, I mean, like, I'm 47. So, <laughs> am I 48? I'm 47. So, um, I was like, all right, well, you know, she's probably, like, 53 or so, you know, whatever. It's fine. I, I can go. I can go that way. So I look her up because I, I I wanted to see what her name was. I'm fucking older than her. And I was like, the first thing I did was like, I'm fucking older than that lady. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. It makes me feel bad. What was her name? Um, Christ. I don't remember. All right. Hold on. I, I'll be able to figure it out, though, because the name of that movie was Killer Nanny. Oh, of course. Yeah, that sounds Killer, like a Lifetime movie. Yeah. From 2018. <laughs> Uh, the woman's name was Danielle Basuti or Bisuti, B-I-S-U-T-T-I is her last name. Oh, there he is. But, There's. But, but just seeing her in the movie, I'm like, oh, she's probably like in her early 50s or whatever. But then I realized, like, no, she's like <laughs> 44 or whatever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Either she's not looking good for her age, or you're looking very good for yours. Yeah. Well, once again, we discussed this before, Jake. Uh, I'm bald. And, like, whenever you're <laughs> bald, like, you just look the same age for years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart move. The the unsmart move is then going ahead and growing, like, a pretty thick beard that's uh, very gray, especially underneath, like, on the chin and jawline and shit. <laughs> Very yeah, good. that's a dead giveaway right it's there. A dead giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway. <laughs> you ever see that video? <laughs> Which one? Have you ever seen the video where... <clears throat> Do you remember when that guy had those girls held hostage in his basement? I think they oh, lived in yeah. uh-huh. and, and the news came by and they interviewed the neighbor about what was going on over there. And somebody took that news interview and, like, auto-tuned it to music and stuff, and they call it Dead Giveaway. Have you ever seen that video? No. It's like oh, the same thing as the Bed Intruder, basically. Of the what? Remember that Bed Intruder one with that Antoine Dodson? Uh, yeah, they kind of, yes, they kind of did yeah. the same thing with that <laughs> Okay. But, uh... Huh. It's it's pretty awesome. Like there there's you know one party's like I ate ribs with that dude, but I did not have a clue that that girl was in that house saying please help me get out. Dead giveaway. 
And it has something to do with, like, I knew something was wrong when a white girl would run up to a black man or something. Like, he, this guy says that in the interview. Like, I'm not saying that. That's what he says. And that's how they start, like, the song right there. And that's the dead giveaway. And he's like, dead giveaway, like, that something was wrong. And it, uh, it's no. very funny, though. I need to check this out. Yeah, it, it, it is good. Yeah. It's, it's old as fuck. I don't know. It's probably... Oh, I don't know, eight years old, but it, it, you know, it was a good time when it was. I know what I'm doing after this episode. Did <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, anyways, Jake, the Shield, though. Yeah, here we are, episode two of season four. Yeah. Um, starts out with uh, Shane and Army, his new partner. Yeah, Shane's got a new partner. It's uh, Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael Pena. That guy's who, pretty awesome. He like he's good in the Ant Man movies, but in most things, especially this show, I think he's pretty awful. Really? Yeah, I don't buy him for a second on this show. Like he Why? just screams of guy acting, where it's like, nope, this doesn't feel like a real person at all. Really? Yeah, it just oh. sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I think, like, uh, you know, what I liked him in, but I never, like, had a problem with the guy, but I never watched Eastbound and Down. Those never no, no. I, I mean, I tried a couple episodes. It wasn't my I know in that, uh, that Fantasy Island that came out earlier this year, he also wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't hate that movie as much as you do. Yeah, I know. You know, you know what he was on, though, Jank? Do you want to take a guess mm. what Michael Pena was on at some point? Ecstasy. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, not drug related. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, we were looking for Pacific Blue, Jank. Pacific oh, Blue. Of course. He was on an episode. I wonder if episode he was better on there. He used called, all his acting chops on Pack Blue. He played Trying Rabbit. Later. He was Rabbit on the episode Bangers. Oh, Rabbit. Yeah, yeah very good. I shall call you Rabbit. Maybe he's Eight Mile. Maybe he's uh, Jimmy Smith, Eminem. Yeah. We can only hope. Mom's spaghetti. All right. So, um, so yeah, Shane and his new partner, they, they they take down like a little brothel or whatever, I guess. It's like a whorehouse. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like a massage parlor, but there's more going on there than massaging. People are fucking yeah. shit. It's like underage sex and shit. And they basically just take those girls and they're going to give them to some other pimp later on. Yeah, like, Shane's, like, we get to, you know, you start to get the impression that Shane's kind of running his own shit Vic style. Yeah. He's got, like, way more reckless, like, just as you would expect from Shane. Like, Vic, you know, he tried to keep it under control. Shane's working, like, 18 different angles at once and thinks there's no problem here whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I could do this. I'm as good as Vic. But, nope, he really is just a little brother. (laughs) Now... Um, he, they arrest some dude there. Like, it was he like some kind of athlete guy? Did I get like the impression that maybe he was like a basketball player or something? That guy they arrested there? Ah, hmm. uh, I never got that impression. Okay. All right, never mind it. <laughs> um, could have been, but maybe they just didn't spell it out. Let's see. Oh, uh, so. Next, we're back at the station. Danny meets uh, Glenn Close. Glenn Close got a bunch of cameras getting brought in and all kinds of shit. She's making changes, Jank. 
Yeah, she is. is. This is pretty much Danny's only scene in the whole episode. Is it? (laughs) Much like the last episode, we're just like, they don't know what to do with Danny and Julian anymore. Like, they have nothing going on in this episode. There's basically just this one scene where she's like, hey, what's with the cameras? And that's it. (laughs) All right. I didn't even notice. Yep. So we cut back to, like, Shane, you know, they're still at that whorehouse or whatever, and he's telling his partner, like, oh, hey, you know, pocket that right Take, take, you know, put two in the evidence bag and put one in your pocket. And he's like, what? And then don't park, don't stop to get laid and park your SUV out in front of the chick's house. Yeah. So that someone could steal it. (laughs) And don't marry anybody who has a mother who's a piece of shit, too. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) um so the new you know michael pena is like what i ain't doing that but he does it anyways he ain't into it he's kind of like lem like eh i'm i'm just gonna do it because you're my partner that's the only reason yeah i guess the army his buddy you know was actually in the army ironically enough and so he's kind of fresh out of the military and kind of new to policing so uh he's kind of you know he's a bit of a rookie there uh, okay. See, you picked up on more of that than I did. Yeah, I think he, he says that when he's introducing him to, like, Vic later on. Oh, I see. All right. Um, And now we're back at the morgue, because we find out Gilroy died. Yeah. <laughs> so Vic's going down to, like, I the last season, we find out more about Gilroy, but not, not alive. <laughs> oh, we find out more about him this season? Well, just this episode, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I promised sometime in season four we'd be seeing Gilroy again, and we did. But the yeah, I, I did see him. Yeah, he has a big, huge beard and shit. So yeah. that's where Vic, Vic goes down to the morgue, and Peg Bundy's there because she's the ex-wife, and she's there to ID the body or whatever, but she doesn't really want to because she hates him. Yeah, with good Some, reason. Yeah, but somebody has to do it. Yep, so it's up to Vic now. Yeah. And, uh, yep, he, he IDs him. He's like, yeah, that's him. And the coroner's just kind of like, oh, fuck, like, this guy was the, you know, the assistant chief? And Vic's like, yeah. And she's like, what the fuck happened? He's like, take your pick. Because <laughs> apparently he he died of a whole bunch of things, essentially. He had cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, he was dehydrated. And I guess he technically died puking out his own vomit. So, basically, you know, things went to shit once he got to Mexico. Yeah. Or maybe, I'll be honest with you, maybe things went great. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't it sound like a bad, like, last six <laughs> months or whatever. Just just drink till you're gone. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah? It could be worse. Yeah. It could definitely be worse. You could have died in a <laughs> fire. You could have died in, you know, you could have drowned. Nah, I'll, I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll take vodka. It seemed like he was on his way out anyway. I think remember he didn't want to go to prison because he's like, ah, oh, my liver can't do six or whatever yeah. it was. Like, yeah. I think he knew he was a fucking alcoholic and he was going out sooner than later. So might as well just you know make it sooner and have a good time. But yeah, that take your pick line is good because because uh, Vic said, Vic t- asked the coroner or whatever how did he die and she's like take your pick and so this 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 and she's like he was the assistant chief. And whatever, and Vic's like, yeah. And then she's like, what happened? And he's like, take your pick. <laughs> and that's where the theme song comes in. Bop, 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 Seven minutes. Seven yeah. minutes right on the nose, basically. 
Did you notice, by the way, in the uh, previously on the Shield thing, they've changed the music this time? Oh, I did not notice. No. It used to always be that same. Now it's all like techno-y and like 80s or something. It's like weird. I'll have to I'll have to pay attention. I did not notice that. No. Yeah. It's. Uh, so they do that on the DVDs too. You gotta sit through that shit. Yeah, they actually give you the option of uh, you can play the episode without it though. So that's kind of cool. Ugh. Did you have to sit through a Donald Trump commercial? Because I did. <laughs> I did not. Fuck that bitch. All right. So. <laughs> um. Where were All we? All right, Brandon. Let's get back on subject. Yeah. So Shane. <laughs> Shane rolls in with his arrest or whatever to the barn. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool because I am here, everybody, yeah, or whatever he says, you know, I don't know what he <laughs> yeah. says. He's really hooting and hollering. Yeah. And then he sees Marcus is like, who's the cowboy? Yeah. He, he, that's pretty much is what he's acting like. And it's like, bitch, you know who the fuck that is. You read, <laughs> you know who Beth is from the, or Gail or whatever from that fucking... <laughs> We don't even know Gail. You definitely know who Shane is. You read everybody's uh-huh. fucking files. You knew Lem. He was gone. You read his mm-hmm. file. So she knows Shane Vandrell. Maybe she just didn't have pictures or something. Because, again, Lem, she didn't recognize him right away. It was like, oh, Lemansky? Like, she knew his name, but she didn't know him by face. Ah, uh, that's a good point. All right. All right. I'll let it slide this time, Jane. Just once. <laughs> Only one time. Glenn, closer on thin ice. <laughs> you are on such thin ice, you fucking bitch. <laughs> um, and so Lem's also at the barn right now. So we got Shane at the barn. We got Lem at the barn. We got Vic at the barn. We almost got we got Ronnie at the barn. We're almost all back together, Jank. Yeah, so yeah. close. Shit, night. We get a storyline with Danny and Julian. Uh, they, they they pull up. There's a big shootout going up, going on. Somebody's running away. Somebody's shot. It turns out this this girl's shot. She dies, like, in the parking lot or whatever. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, because we skipped the scene earlier on where uh, Vic was meeting with this guy who owns a restaurant. Um, and this guy's like, yeah, the, you know, this kid that used to work for me came in and took the payroll money and shit. So Vic's trying to do him a favor and look for this kid. Uh, this kid's name is Cyril. He's trying to help him. He's like, yeah, he's on drugs, whatever. You got to try to help him. Uh, so he's like, all right, fine. So once this robbery happens and the girl gets shot, they realize, oh, shit, this girl and that Cyril kid were the ones that who, who were robbing the place. So now it looks shitty for Vic because he didn't tell his, you know, he didn't tell Acevedo or anybody about this. He just kind of put the word out, you know, undercover, basically, hey, look out for this kid. Right. So, yeah, uh, that's why you're here, Jank, because I did. That is a pretty important storyline that I didn't even bring up at all. And it kind of, you know, it kind of plays throughout the entire fucking episode. Yeah. So, like, this again, this is his one week to impress, you know, Monica Rowling. And uh, he's already basically let this happen. Like <laughs> this thing blew up in his face. And then the whole garage thing, we find out more about why that went south. So. It's not, he's not doing so hot. Yeah. She even says at one point, like, if you're trying to win me over, it's not working. Yeah, you're doing a shit-ass job. Yeah. Um, let's see. You ever drink bang? <laughs> what? Have you ever drank bang? No, Ooh. what's that? It's some kind of, like, new energy drink, like a Red Bull type of thing. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Anyways, um... 
So Aceveda is interviewing Lewis, that the guy that owns the car, whatever that is, car. Yeah, the car shop. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I know what the fuck you've been doing. You've been tipping all your fucking people off. And you got other businesses going on on the side, and you know you're doing all your yeah, shit. Yeah, he started a new business under his like daughter's name or something. Yeah, and that's the one he's been doing all the, the high-profile clients, you know, doing their custom cars in that business. Meanwhile, the old business that they were putting the shit, you know, the, the surveillance stuff into, you know, he basically <laughs> those were nothing. Those were guppies. Yeah. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, like uh, Vic and the, uh, you know, uh, Glenn Close, they're watching this interview in the uh, interview room and she's all like, how the fuck did you miss this? Yeah, it does seem pretty bad. Like, how could you not realize that? Yeah, just I guess he's just not very good at looking into business records and that kind of thing. That's not exactly a big strong suit. Well, either way, like, uh, you know, it don't look good. It does not look good. To be um, honest, I'm not sure what he does by the end of this episode that really changes her mind. I think he just, like, looks her in the eye. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's about it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not like he did a spectacular performance in solving crimes in this episode. Not really. No, nothing too great. Um, so Vic goes to meet with Shane and his new partner. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, a racist comment here. I, I, I know, right. <laughs> um, so he basically wants to talk to Shane about who, who's, who's bringing the drugs in or who's selling crack, something like that. Right. He's looking mm-hmm. for information from Shane, but then basically he's like, Hey, Gilroy's dead. And, uh, you, you need to go to the funeral. Yeah, which is weird because he was like – he was trying to get Lem to go to the funeral too. And Lem's like, uh, I don't know, is Shane going to be there? Because then he doesn't want to go. But then he's trying to get Shane to go too. He's like, you know, that's not going to end well if you get both of them to go. And Shane's pretty much just like, uh, I wanted him dead, so probably not going to go to the funeral. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> but Vic is insistent that he goes. Yeah. Um. Glenn Close and Aceveda, they have a conversation about, like, the cameras and the bathroom getting fixed because, like, he can't believe that she would waste 35% of her budget on a bathroom mm-hmm. because her and Dutch ended up in the bathroom at the same time. And she's like, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, uh, what are you doing? And like, we're going to the bathroom <laughs> together. And she's like, no, we are not. So she's fixing the bathroom idea. finally, which has been broke since, like, episode one. Yeah, it's been a long fucking time, and Aceveda never did anything about it. Whatever. But she's got this whole plan where she's like, no, like, we can totally pay for this now because I got this asset forfeiture program going, and, you know, it's going to fucking, we're going to seize property from drug dealers when they get arrested. We'll take their homes, their cars, all that shit, and sell it off, and then some of that money comes to us. Some of it goes back into the community. Basically, yeah, that's how it's going to fund all this stuff. Yeah. That's going to fund Vic's new uh, gang thing that, that she's thinking about putting in front of him. And he's like, oh, the chief's never going to go for this. <laughs> she's like, I already did, bitch. Yeah. But then he sells her out later on. Oh, God. He is like in full just mustache twirling villain mode in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's just nothing redeeming about him. 
I know, but he's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Okay, so Dutch and Claudette, they're at the hospital now, and we get this scene where, like, maybe Dutch is hitting on Corinne. Yeah, it definitely gets a little bit flirty between the two of them. Like, yeah. not overtly so. Like, they're not, like, you know, talking about, like, getting together after work. But it's definitely like they're having more than just, you know, they're making eyes at each other a little bit. Yeah, something. Something's going on for sure. They're talking. <laughs> making jokes. Even still, like, man, I don't know, Dutch. Like, just move on. Vic already fucking hates you. Yeah, you give him more reason, like, he will literally just kill you and, you know, put you in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, he will before, find a way to like, get away with it. He can't just punch <laughs> you in the face because he thinks you're a punk and shit and a little fucking sellout or whatever, but now you're hitting on his wife and shit. Yeah, he's going to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I mean, you shouldn't have hit on his wife. <laughs> you were kind of asking for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, this is, you know, this is on you, I think, sir. <laughs> um, but anyways, they're looking for this prostitute named Olive Martini. <laughs> yeah, and at Olive least that was the name she gave at the hospital. Yeah, Olive Martini. Um, she got raped, uh, but then she kind of ducks out of the hospital so that they miss her. But they end up tracking her down later on. Um, and yeah. Claudette, like, after this, Claudette's kind of mentioning, I guess she didn't pick up on the whole sexual tension between uh, Dutch and Vic's wife. And instead is like, hey, James has this, like, family friend who uh, he wanted to set you up with and shit. And uh, she mentions, she's kind of describing her. And Dutch is like, oh, is she black? And, like, then Claudette just shuts the fuck up. She's like, well, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a, it's a weird scene. It is because, like, it's kind of like, um, oh, I like Halle Berry. I like <laughs> Beyonce. Like, he's trying to justify, I don't know, it's creepy. Like, he's so horny to get laid, man. <laughs> like, oh, please, I, I think Beyonce's hot. Just, you know, give me your phone number or whatever. I'm so <laughs> horny and dutchy. <laughs> it's weird that's true yeah. yeah he won't let it go but she's you know at this point she's just like nope it's over <laughs> not gonna tell you yeah uh, but he won't let it go so it's, but it's an interesting dynamic between the two of them throughout this episode it's something to do yeah it's some it's some good scenes so um Glenn Close and that Lewis guy. They got Lewis in the cage. Glenn Close is kind of like working this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants info and shit. Like yeah, she wants to, to reopen the thing and basically put, you know, put cameras in the new business and that kind of shit. And start the whole thing up with the, you know, under the new business. Uh, but she needs a name first because the old deal's gone. So we gotta have a name if we're gonna go to the DA and pitch this. And he's like, ah, I'm not telling you no names until I get a deal. Yeah, so there's like a stalemate going on. She's slipping him Red Bulls and Baby Ruths and all kinds of shit. And, I don't yeah. know why he wouldn't just say the name. Like, it's not like they can do anything with just that information. Like, oh, <laughs> what what exactly are they going to do unless they let him put the co- put the cameras in the car? Yeah. So Vic Vic's out looking for the kid, uh, Cyril, Cyril. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They show up at Anthony Anderson's place. Uh, he 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 bought a house or something like that, and they're fixing it up. Like I don't know, some kind of bullshit. 
it's like Habitat for Humanity almost. So they're like, oh, we're trying to fix up the neighborhood. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's not into that. He's 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 all about peddling drugs. Yeah, yeah, he's making this a drug. This is all a cover. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. He's giving them a hard time. It's kind of a cool scene. I like it. Um, yeah, she, uh, Vic's like, you know, hey, if you don't tell us, you know, where this kid is, like, we're going to have to go after the dealers, and they're probably going to give you up, so you better fucking think about helping us. Yeah. And it yeah. turns out, oh, they get a call. We found the dealer. Like, oh, shit, now you're in trouble. So they go chase down the dealer. The dealer is this kid on a bike, <laughs> and uh, they, they chase him down with their car. Uh, the kid jumps off the bike and runs into a convenience store. He's going to start swallowing the drugs. You know, so they can't catch him with them, and uh, he, so he gets he runs into the back of the store, pulls out a drink and starts gulping this stuff down. And uh, Vic gets in there and he's got Lem and Ronnie with him because Lem is helping out because this is a juvenile case, I guess. So conveniently, there's been two weeks in a row where they had cases involving children, just so they can get Lem there. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, <laughs> from a story perspective, I see what they're doing there. Um. But so they they find this kid out. Oh shit, he swallowed it. So Vic grabs a bottle of mustard off of the uh, one of the aisles there and just shoves it in this kid's mouth and starts squeezing. And this kid pukes up fucking drugs and mustard and it's fucking gross. It is gross. It's all over his <laughs> face and shit and it's mixed yeah. with red pop. It, it's so nasty. <laughs> It's one of the grossest looking pukes I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It is. It is gross. Yeah. That's gotta smell fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Ronald McDonald bled out. It's nasty. <laughs> it is gross. It is pretty bad, but it's, it's also it's great at the same time. And uh, so they end up taking him back to the barn, and you know, Osvaldo is pissed off about the whole mustard thing, and Victor's like, "Hey, I was saving his life. He swallowed open vials of crack, like." <laughs> I am still allowed to save lives, right? <laughs> yeah, he says that. Something- is like, I want a full report, you know, on this. And uh, Vic's like, oh, yeah, I'll have it just day after tomorrow. Oh, wait, you won't be here. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> he goes, uh, <laughs> I'll mail you a copy. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Mustard Dude tells them that they're, that Cyril guy's probably under hell or under hill. I couldn't tell what he oh, said. Oh, yeah, I think it's under hell. Under hell. It's just basically like uh, this old, I don't know, textile factory or something. Yeah, it's like under the, you know, under the bridge. Under the bridge. Yeah, it was something. But they have. Kind of reminds me of like uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Remember, like that Lester guy was in like a textile factory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, exactly. See? There was, Maybe that's where they based it off of. There was that bridge glitch, at least when I was playing. And that was the bridge you could, like, jump into the wall, and you could just stand underneath, and then any car that drove by, you could just blow them up. They couldn't get to you unless they came in. But you would see them coming in, so as soon as they try to get in, you just shoot them. <laughs> I used to spend hours under there. <laughs> you know what else I used to do? This was the best, dude. Like, not to change the subject, but this was one of my favorite things ever. Is like, I would hide under there, okay? Mm-hmm. And then what you do is like, you establish the fact that you're there, okay? And then you like, I, I would jump out of the out of the glitch, and I'd run up on the bridge, and I would put sticky bombs across the, oh, <laughs> the entire God. length of the bridge. And then you go back <laughs> to your hiding spot, and then people are like, they're they're all cool and shit. 
Like sometimes they they'll, they'll even try to sneak up on you and shit. Like you'll see them driving across the bridge, but real slow and stuff. Like oh, I'm I'm gonna sneak up on this dude. And then as soon as they come to sneaky bombs, you just blow them the fuck up. And ah, oh, I would laugh <laughs> days and days doing that. It was a good time. <laughs> I really was good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I wish I could see those clips. Oh, I had so amazing. Much yeah, it was very glitchy early on. I don't know if it's still like that, but it, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> very good there was another glitch too uh there was like a place in the pier where you could like walk out to the pier and then you could kind of go underwater and then you would be underneath the city Ooh. and so you're walking this the entire length of the city but you're like say 12 feet underneath so you can see everything that's going on above you and you can, you can shoot people can you shoot oh people. shit it was awesome that's awesome. It was fun. It was it was a good time. It was it was a really good time. <laughs> it was really. And I'll good. tell you this. One time we were playing, some dude modded. Like people figured out how to mod and shit. Oh yeah. So this dude comes up, like he's, you couldn't do anything to this guy. <laughs> like I don't care. Like no bullets, tanks, the helicopters. Because my buddy Daryl and I, we we were fucking with this dude for a while, and he just like he would just like shoot you one time and you were fucking gone. God damn. And it was awesome. But here's the thing. Like he kept fucking with us for like, I don't know. I mean, this probably went on 10, 15 minutes that we were like going after this dude and he was fighting with us. But he had like modded the game so hard. So as soon as like we got done fucking with this guy, like he gave us each. I forget how he did it, but we each got like two billion dollars from the. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we went out. We bought every fucking car and tank and truck. And it was awesome, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, it was it was a good time back then. That has nothing to do with the shield, and people listening to this shit don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I love Grand Theft Auto V. Hell yeah, great game. Yeah, it was good. So yeah, they find Cyril Cyril there. He he he's gonna be like uh, he almost got killed by Ronnie. Ronnie Ronnie took a couple of slugs at him, but uh, I guess Ronnie's not a good shot. <laughs> yeah. I blame his uh, burn. Yeah. But um. So they get that dude, and they take him to the hospital, I guess, right? Yeah, and they're kind of asking him as he's, you know, laying there in withdrawal, just, you know, hey, who sold you the drugs and shit? And they get a name, and Vic's calling in, and that cook guy shows up just as he's telling Ronnie, you know, hey, this guy, you know, this guy's the dealer. We got to find him. Um, so then, is this where they, uh, do they go after the dealer yet, or is this when we go back to Dutch? Um. Well, Dutch and Claudette, they 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 find the beaten hooker. They find all of Martini or whatever her name is. Yeah. They found out the convenience store like next door caught it on camera, so they have videotape of it now. So they were able to figure out who this lady was based off the videotape. But unfortunately, it only has the rapist, you know, the back of his head. But uh, Aceveda's like, oh, you gotta make copies of this tape so that the DA could have one and shit like that. But. Yeah. Find out later. Not so much. No. Not, That's not so why he wanted them copies. No. More like the. No. Yeah, the DA does want it. The David Aceveda. That's who wants it. <laughs> That's <laughs> she true. definitely wants it. Um. We get a scene too where Shane and his partner. What's his name? Oh, uh, Army. Army. Yeah. Uh, they're like they're delivering hassling, those girls. They're like hassling some pimp. Yeah, 
I don't know. Like Shane's running. Like Shane's got like street workers going on, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. But like he goes in, he like karate chops his pimp in the neck <laughs> while he's eating dinner and shit, and then he gets like one of his girls to blow Army out in the parking lot. It's just it's. I don't I don't understand any of this. Like I don't understand Army. Like oh okay, I'll just take a blowjob out here while you <laughs> while you stare at me. Is away. That ain't weird. <laughs> well, at least Shane does like he does say, uh, "I'm gonna go. I mean, I'm gonna go back inside." Like, yeah. He doesn't stay for the whole blowjob. That would be well, very awkward. Like even <laughs> as far as it went, it was already you're already been here too long. Where I'm yeah. not this now. That's true. Like, yeah. She's on her knees and my pants are being unbuckled. Like it's yeah. already weird that you're watching this. I don't want to be in a car with you later on. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen weird. too much. <laughs> Um, we find yeah. out like the, the place where Cyril was getting his drugs is on fire. Uh-oh. Yeah. Big. I, I can't remember the guy's name. Big Kanish or something like that. Fat Benish, I think it was. Oh, Fat Benish. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, they're asking the people around there, you know, oh, are you sure it was that guy's place? And like, yeah, you can't forget a 300 pound guy on a scooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But they find out that, like, oh, no, whoever started this fire used cooking oil. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, is jerking off to that rape. Yeah. That's pretty pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he just puts the, he's, like, in his office, lights are all off, and he just puts the tape on and just starts touching it. Yeah. And like, oh, no. I love myself. Oh, love me. Clearly, he is still having a lot of issues uh, that he is dealing with. Yeah. And uh, Dutch and Claudette are getting nowhere with the hooker. She's just being very uncooperative. And Aceveda is just like, I'll get this. I'll be the better cop. <laughs> and I'm going to do this. And he goes in and unplugs the camera for some reason. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, he's going to, like, you know, try to bond with her over what they've both been through. Like, he's going to confess that he also got raped. That's why he doesn't want anyone to see. But really, all he does is just be like, hey, sorry that happened to you. <laughs> so apparently, he doesn't want anyone to know that he decided to be nice to someone. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe if you were nice to someone who got raped, they might be more cooperative. <laughs> no cop has ever thought of this before. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't fit his character. Per se. Yeah. I guess. Like, oh, look at him being all caring and shit. What an asshole. All giving this shit. on being his last day. Yeah, that's my last day. I yeah. decided to care for once. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I yeah, jerked off to your rape. Yeah. Yeah, he left that part out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Conveniently. Um, so, Vic. Well, they also is- find out that she, that hooker, is HIV positive. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. Uh, the rapist now has it, and who knows who else. Oh, man. Yeah, there's like a South Park joke. Do you remember it with the HIV positive? I'm HIV positive. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm HIV positive. It's from, I, don't, I can't remember what episode it's from, though. But anyway, it sounds early on. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I don't think it's early on. I think it's more not like probably in the last seven, eight years. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, so Vic and them are interviewing the fat Benish guy, and he basically tells them, like, cracks out and heroin's in. You got to get mm-hmm. to H. H is what, what, what's, what's selling around here. 
And then well, we all it turns out that basically, um, you know, crack's being pushed out because it's bad for you know the 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 neighborhood essentially. Like crack people are nuts. Yeah. Heroin, you just get high and just kind of lay there. So sleepers, I think they come. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So like they're not out committing crimes. They just kind of fucking you know veg out and shit. But I, I'm not sure it, it works like that. Like if you're addicted to crack, like your body needs fucking crack. I don't think you have the option of just being like, well, I guess heroin will do instead. <laughs> um. Well, they're, um, I, I'm assuming they're thinking like, well, those those crackies will just move to where the crack is. Oh, and they'll just get the new people. Yeah, they'll just get heroin. Yeah, and then all the heroin seekers will come to their town. <laughs> I guess you always want your town to be known for something. Like how? Let me ask you this: You live in near Chicago-ish, right? Yeah. Okay, that's a that's a big city. They say it's one of the bigger ones. <laughs> so okay. I'm told. So, realistically, how long do you think it would take you to find crack in Chicago? Because I wouldn't know square one to go to find crack in Pittsburgh. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I would not have a clue where to fucking go. Like where to even start. I hear I've that. never seen, like, people just hanging out in the corner selling shit. No. I, yeah, I've never seen that either. Like, they always say, like, every movie and TV show you watch, there's always, like, drug dealers just hanging on street mm-hmm. corners. But I've never seen that. Me neither. Unless maybe I just don't go to those areas of town. Yeah, maybe. But then, I mean, I'm probably just going to get robbed and not end up getting any drugs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All, right. <laughs> all right, by the way, so I was just curious. Also, if you get a hold of any crack, just let me know. That's all I'm saying. You know, just call me up or whatever. You got my number. Um, <laughs> you have to dispose of it safely. I'll need your help. So Vic knows that, that the, his buddy Cal, the guy mm-hmm. that owns the restaurant or whatever it is, a convenience store. I don't know what the fuck he owns. Yeah, I guess it's a restaurant that him and the strike team used to go to all the time. Uh, him and who? The strike team. Guys like, yeah, I miss when you guys would come in all the time. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, you don't miss all that free meals. <laughs> yeah. So he Vic knows that that guy burned down the drug dealer house, but he mm-hmm. doesn't know why until he gets to the to this guy Cal's place. And then he realizes that like him and this Cyril kid, Cyril might have worked for him. But he was working working for the weekend type of thing. <laughs> they were fucking or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of pictures of this kid. And Vic's just like, are you fucking this kid? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, we haven't fucked or anything, really. And it shows in this room where, like, there's all these women's clothes. And it's like, yeah, I was going to pay for him to get the surgery when he was 18. And then we we're going to be together. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So then Vic's like, uh, uh, you know, listen, just... You know, when when the detectives show up, just, you know, play dumb or whatever and get rid of the dresses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Case Uh, solved, I guess. We get a scene where, like, I don't know, they're going to sue some drug company for Matthew's autism. I don't know. Yeah, it gets into this whole, like, anti-vaxxer thing where I guess they're like, oh, no, it was the vaccines that gave your kid autism. You're like, oh, not this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck about it. Um, yeah, but the guy's like, oh, it's going to be, you know, we don't get paid unless we win, but you got to have these expert witnesses, and those cost $15 per child. 
or fifteen thousand dollars per child. It's like why can't you just do both children at once? What do you need uh, yeah. two separate witnesses for? The other thing too the same is. Thing. Did that lawyer look familiar to me to you? Because he looks familiar to me, but I couldn't figure out his name to find him in the credits. I don't know who he is. No, I don't think he's like famous, famous, but I could see him being the guy who pops up on a bunch of TV shows. Or yeah, something. yeah, like he just seemed like a guy. Like oh, I know him from somewhere. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know his that name. Makes... It doesn't matter. Okay, so. Um, Next, we get uh, Gilroy's funeral. Oh, here he is, Peter Pasco. Oh, the name sounds vaguely familiar. He was in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. One oh. episode of that. That's and about as much as I watched. <laughs> I was like, no. Nope. Let me see if he's in Pacific Blue. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, this seems like this was his first thing. Really? Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Starting out strong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's on a good show. Not exactly a great part, but yeah. I mean, he's been on a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of things, but a lot of shit nobody's watching. Like nobody's watching Youth Pastor Kevin. Nobody's watching Mrs. Fitzgerald is missing. You ever watch that? Yeah, I didn't think so. Nope. All right, so um, we're at Gilroy's funeral. And we get a scene towards the end where, like, um, Vic tells Glenn Close, like, he wants to be in charge of the gang team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the gang bang. And but Aceveda, at this point, we also, there was a scene where Aceveda basically, uh, well, when they got the name, Claudette, or uh, not Claudette, but Monica and Vic talked to Lewis. They're like, okay, give us your name, and we'll get the deal back in place. And he's like, you know, Alex Kozadov, this taxi king guy. And uh, they're like, all right, that's pretty big. You know, we're going to get this thing going again. And so Monica tells Aceveda, she's like, all right, we're going to get this uh, taxi thing going again. Um, but it, uh, I could have waited till you left and taken all the credit, but I'm not going to do that. I figure me and you can take it to the chief together and we'll both, you know, get the credit for this. And Aceveda's just like, oh, yeah, let me think about it. And he fucking goes behind her back and goes to the chief himself. And doesn't yeah. mention that she was involved at all. <laughs> Just once again taking someone else's idea and not giving them any credit whatsoever. Well, that's why he's moving up the ranks and, sh- you know, she's not. He is such a douche. Yeah, he is a douche. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so she, at this point, she knows that basically, okay, like now Vic is stuck working this uh, new garage thing. Because basically, Aceveda made sure that was part of the deal with the chief. Like, oh, hey, Vic's got to be the one running this. And so Monica's at this point, she's talking to Vic, and she's telling him all this. And she's like, well, if you're going to be working this garage thing, then you can't do the, the street crime detail or whatever. So he's like, no, no, I can do both. Like, Ronnie will do the tapes. <laughs> I'll just yeah. supervise. <laughs> Ronnie, again, getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. And uh, he's like, i got to be out in the streets making a difference and shit like that. And uh, Monica's just like, well, there's only one way this is going to work. With all this asset seizure and stuff like that, like, they're going to have to give IED, like, a total free pass to the barn, and they're going to be all up in our grill all the time. So you got to make sure you're doing everything right and by the book and playing everything totally straight or this whole program goes down. Yep. 
ID and everything. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be, you know, it's gotta be transparent as fuck, you bald bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like your scalp. Yes. Yeah. Like and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll do it right. I'll do it 100% right. And it's very fitting that this is all happening at Gilroy's funeral because Gilroy all the way around has been basically a tool they use to show, like, here's what could happen to Vic, you know, if he keeps going down the path he's going. Yeah. He's gonna end up like Gilroy. So, he he's seen what happened to Gilroy and he's he's ready to change his ways and trying to play things on the straight and narrow for once. Unfortunately, he's got Shane out there who is going to keep him from being able to do exactly that. But um, he he's doing his best. He really does want to change and be a better person. Yeah, like you can like you know even as you mentioned earlier, like he's he's friendly with the wife. He's trying to do his best there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he is does seem like he's making an effort and shit. And there's the scene at uh, Gilroy's funeral where, you know, Nancy, Katie Siegel, is just like, you know, fuck him. Like, he couldn't keep his dick in his pants, and he was a fucking asshole. And Corinne's there, and she's just kind of like, yeah, this all sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds like somebody I know. Yeah. <laughs> you can there. tell Vic's just, he's like, oh, God, I don't want to be that dude. <laughs> yeah. So um, he, he really is trying his best here. But unfortunately, we, then we get a scene with Shane near the end where Vic has, has he, once he alerted, you know, Shane to the whole thing about them dumping crack to make room for heroin, uh, he kind of, he decided to follow Shane later that night and see what he's up to. Because he kind of thinks he's getting in, in bed with uh, Antoine Mitchell, but he's not for sure yet. And this just confirms it, though, because he sees him meeting with Antoine Mitchell's top guys. Late at night. Antoine Mitchell's there, but he he won't get out of the car. Yeah. He's just sitting in the car chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd be like, I'm not involved. Whatever these gangsters are doing. Yeah. I was just getting <laughs> a ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically where we end. Uh, yeah, know, things get tense for a little bit and... Like, Vic kind of, like, gets worried for Shane and jumps out of the car, and he's got his gun, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking step in here. But well, it turns Shane out, pulls his gun. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then those guys pull the gun, and they're all, it's a Mexican standoff, and then Vic, he doesn't, like, he doesn't expose himself, but he's re- at the ready. Yep, he's ready to do so, if need be, but, because he does still care about Shane, and he is still trying to keep him safe, but, fuck, <laughs> unfortunately... This guy is just going to, you know, so he, he has no control. Yeah. He's on tilt, Jake. Yep, that's for sure. Finally, that episode title makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's about where we end. We get a scene, like, we get a scene early, like right before that where Aceveda's packing up the office and he gets it, he takes that rape tape and puts it yeah. in his case yeah. with him. And then we get a scene, too, where, like, the men's room's working. Like, somebody comes out, you hear the toilet flush, and a dude yeah, comes out. Yeah, I think it's Stone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty they're great. Like, they're high-fiving and shit, and, like, Glenn Close is just kind of sitting there watching everything, smiling, like, oh, like the mother type of situation. I don't know. Yeah, and she, apparently her, she's not going to take David's office. She's, like, set up on a, you know, an office down on the first floor with the rest of the people. So she's, like, the people's cabin. She got a gumball machine. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, go ahead, take one. He's like, I'd rather have a beer. <laughs> yeah, who would? 
So yeah, that's where we end. Uh, you know the. Yeah, David is officially leaving this time, unlike last season where he's like, oh no, I'm back for another six months. Nope, this time he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. Is All it? right. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> he 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 doesn't ever leave. No, he's still on the show, yeah. even if he's not in the barn. All right, I want eight out of ten on this episode. Yeah, that's solid. Pretty solid. It's good. It's good opening so far to season four. I mean, a lot of it's going close. Yeah, again, it's another episode where the cases themselves aren't very good, but the all the drama going out with all the characters is really what sells it. Yeah. All right, let's, let's award. Do, uh, let's do best quotes. Yeah. Okay. All right, you go first. I don't. I'm not ready. Best quotes. Well, I brought it up at the beginning of the episode um, when Army's going to get his blowjob outside, and then Shane finally decides to leave, and he's like, two's a mouthful, three's a crowd. Yeah, I had that one down. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, the scene earlier that we talked about where Glenn Close and uh, Dutch are going to use the bathroom at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, we're not. So Dutch is like waiting outside to use the bathroom and some guy comes in and he's going to use the bathroom and Dutch is like, somebody's in there. And uh, and Vic comes down the stairs at the same time. He's like, hey, Dutch boy's been promoted to bathroom monitor. It's a shitty job, but somebody has to do it. And he's like, <laughs> you know, uh, Dutch is all humiliated by it and shit. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Yeah, it's a good one. Vic still has it in for Dutch. It's, it's good to see. <laughs> Nothing has changed there. Not really. Uh, I like when uh, when Fat Benish's place burns down and, and Vic's like, you got insurance, right? He's like, yeah, I'm in real good hands. <laughs> yeah. More commercial jokes. That's what I need. <laughs> uh, the scene where they're all, uh, Vic and them, they're chasing that kid down in the bike with they're driving in the car and shit <laughs> and Vic's like this is why you should always wear a helmet and then he just like, <laughs> he just runs into the dude on the bicycle <laughs> I was like that he yells like park the Schwinn shithead <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a great line <laughs> it's tough to say but <laughs> um let's see oh, I like one now when Vic's talking to Shane and they're talking about Gilroy and he's just like yeah, money and pussy make men do evil shit. <laughs> yeah. Shane is the perfect example of all of that. Yeah. Yep. It really is. Um, earlier uh, when we see uh, Glenn Close and Danny, when they first meet, <laughs> yes. and all those cameras are getting delivered and shit, and Aceveda's assistant comes up, and she's talking to Glenn Close, and she's like, I didn't see any paperwork for these cameras. And then Glenn Close is like, you're leaving with David, right? And she's like, yeah, why? And she's like, oh, I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. reason. Yeah, or whatever she says there. Yeah, no reason. Yeah. It's pretty that awesome. bitch is annoying as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Like when... Uh, when Aceveda unplugs the camera and he's going to go talk to that hooker and Clyde is just like Captain Hooker confidentiality. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Um, 
when Vic squirts that mustard into that kid's mouth, that whole scene, he like he looks at the at the clerk at the end. He's like, "Hey, clean up in aisle four. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know, it's it's corny, but it works. It is. It, it definitely works. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, that's all I have, I think. I just like the way Dutch says it later on when basically Billings has to get the credit for this case as well. And he's just like, another win for Billings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like one. he fucking hates it. Yeah. <laughs> he's had enough of being on the DA shit list. Yeah. Especially because he really has nothing to do with any of this. No. <laughs> None of this was his choice. Other than the fact that they're partners. Yep. Yep. Um, but you don't forget a 300-pound guy in a scooter. That was good. And then when uh, when Vic tells Shane that, you know, they're dumping the crack for the, to make room for the H, and he's just like, who told you this? Vic's like, a guy with weight. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then I think the only other one I had was uh, just the, if you're trying to win me over, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. That was a good Glenn Close line. That was good, yeah. she was. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. You know what I, I, I really liked was uh, that scene where Glenn Close was talking to Lewis in the cage, and, like, she kind of, like, threatens him just a little bit, and then she, like, smiles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck or whatever. And she's like, yeah, you know what, though? <laughs> I go home to a warm bed tonight, and you go home to them. Yep. Just the look she gives them is so good. Yeah, she is like, there is an arrogance to her at times. Oh, yeah. Like, she's yeah. like, she just doesn't, she just calls your bullshit. If she has an Achilles heel, that's definitely it. But, yeah, uh, it works. Yeah. She's, she's very charismatic. For sure. All right, uh, the Kristen Bell Best Guest Star Award. I went with Peg Bundy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. I only had, like, two scenes, and they were both pretty short, and she's not very, like, memorable. But, you hey, know? there's Katie Seagal. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting, because up to this point, I think she was basically known for being Peg, Bun- Peg Bundy and, you know, maybe Leela, the voice of Leela in Futurama. Definitely not known for dramatic roles. Now. So uh, this kind of gave her a chance to stretch her wings a little bit. Yeah. Obviously paid very, off when Sons of Anarchy started. Yeah. Riding through this world. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's who I went with, Peg Bundy. Yeah. I think we will see her again uh, later in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this was not her only episode. She, mm. she may have had one or two more. Uh-oh. Please tell me you shade up some fucker. <laughs> that would be disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MVP. Who do you have for MVP of this episode? Um, I went with Glenn Close again. I know, I did too. <laughs> I feel like she's gonna get a lot of wins this week, yeah. this whole season. It's hard not like. Not that she was over and above, like, in a specific thing, but, like, just continuously steady throughout this episode. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's hard because she's new, so there's automatically this kind of, like, newness that makes her more exciting. Yeah. But also, she is getting a lot of scenes. Like, 
Yeah. I, kind of to the detriment of some of the other people. Like, we mentioned Danny and Julian. Not a lot going on. No. <laughs> so, like, she is taking a lot of the spotlight. So it's not surprising that she's, you know, really running with it. No. Like, more impactful last episode, but still probably the MVP of this episode as well. Yeah, because all her stuff with Lewis was great. And just... Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. There's like a, she's got like a swag to her. Yeah. And it was just so cool to see her doing, like trying to bring Aceveda into this thing. Like I could have taken the credit, but I want to work with you. Yeah, like she's like, like a she's trying to, person. yeah, she is. I'm like, like Aceveda. Like that's what I'm saying. Like even when the bathroom was fixed and everybody was high-fiving and everybody was laughing, like she was just sitting there watching with a big smile on her face. Like, all right, you know, we can have some fun here. Maybe we can turn the shit around here. Like she has an arrogance to her. She's very like smart and shit, but there's also like a very nurturing side to her as well, I think. Yeah, you can tell she's into like the family aspect of this because she's already memorized everything about everyone's lives. Like, yeah, you only do that if you actually care about these people you're working with. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to get to know them. So, yeah, she's she's pretty great. It's weird that later on in this season she murders each and every one of them one by one. But all right, I mean that's how they in a bathtub. Yeah, it's weird. Just like the first episode, they all they brought that back. Yeah, <laughs> she did it in the first episode. That was her. Yep. It was all a cover-up. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> all right. Let's do the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up of the episode. Uh, I went with Aceveda for beating off to that rape tape. Oof. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. You went with a different definition of fuck-up, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just, fucked up. It is, that is fucked up. The biggest fucked up. Yeah. No, no doubt. Like, I, 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 I don't like it. No, it's it's very un- unsettling. Yeah. Um, that whole scene was unpleasant. Yeah, because, like, he's beating the fuck out of her, man. He's, like, punching her in her face, Mike Tyson style. Yeah. He is way into it. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a dark, dark season for Asimeda. <laughs> Troubled times ahead. Um, I went with uh, with Shane. Uh, giving him the old Vendrell Cup. <laughs> yeah. Named after him. Because the whole getting in bed with uh, with Antoine Mitchell, you can tell that's a bad idea. Like, he thinks he's doing what Vic would do, but Vic would not do this. <laughs> like, he, he's done much the same thing, but he he's much smarter about who he gets, you know, who he helps out and who he gets connections with. And he knows to steer clear of someone like Antoine Mitchell, who is smart, and actually trying to, especially given that the captain, you know, this is the captain's life project is getting this guy in prison. Like, that's not a guy you'd want to be friends with. No. <laughs> that's not a guy you make business connections with. No. So, yeah, Shane, unfortunately, does not have that wisdom. And he's just like, well, if I can get a buck out of it, I'll do it. So. I blame Mara. She's probably putting him up to it. Yeah. That is I just thought about that. We didn't see any Mara in either of these two episodes. Yeah, we're pretty lucky on that front. Like, is she done? No, no, she is still in his life. But I I feel like it's less of a, you know, major story point. Because we don't even see Shane as much anymore. So it makes sense we don't see a lot of Mara. You know, in Cheers, like, we never see Vera. But we're Vera. Can we just do that with Mara? 
<laughs> Their names are similar, but yeah, like she's around. Yeah. We can, oh yeah, I had to take Mara out. It was her fucking anniversary last night. Like we can, all right, oh hey, he's still with her, whatever. Yeah, I don't think she's ever in as many episodes as she was in season three, though. Mm-hmm. I think we have that to look forward to at least. <laughs> all right, good, 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 good. All right, <laughs> she will be around, but not that much. Right. Um, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Uh. I don't know. There's not a lot here. I just went with Vic at home. <laughs> I go with the same thing every week, Jake. But I don't care about yeah. his lawsuit against the pharmaceutical company or whatever. Yeah, that's that that whole storyline is not one of my favorites. They're like, oh, yeah, vaccinations are bad. They give your kids autism. Like, all right, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, I hear so. you. Who wrote this episode? Jenny McCarthy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I definitely had that as one. Um, I had two other ones, as you kind of mentioned in your uh, biggest fuck-up. The whole scene of watching Aceveda kind of jerk off to that rape tape. Like, that wasn't fun. I didn't need that. I mean, I get why they put it in there. It's important to the show, but, ugh. Just not good. And uh, I also had the guy who plays Cal in one of those scenes where uh, when Vic's confronting him about burning down Fat Banish's place, and he's just like, nobody was home. It's like, that's, <laughs> that was terrible acting. <laughs> uh, that line reading always bugs me. <laughs> I totally missed that line, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to go back and watch it. It's terrible. Nobody was home. Nobody was home. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. All right, well, let's do our uh, our casting. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? Where we're All going right. to try to imagine... Shane as a band. Oh, it wasn't hard. I mean, there was one band that immediately came to mind. (laughs) Oh. How many bands do you have? I have three bands for this. One Uh, is put in, I don't know why. I've got two. Okay. All right. So for me, I mean, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Sure, go ahead. I always go first. I go first. We'll keep tradition going. For me, the first band that immediately popped into my mind for Shane Vendrell was <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Uh, yeah. They, he's Leonard Skinner, man. He just is. I don't know. He's like that <laughs> southern rock, like uh-huh. a mess, drunk, probably going to crash a plane. I don't know. That makes 100% sense, yep. <laughs> All right. Who do, you, who do you have down for Shane? Um, my favorite one that I came up with is basically I went with Scott Weiland uh, from Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. Um, to me, he is the the Shane Vendrell <laughs> of the music world because he is just a constant, or was I should say, a constant fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like he was in one of the biggest bands of the '90s, but then he was constantly relapsing and going to jail and they couldn't tour for you know fucking months at a time because he's in jail and then he'd get out and do it again and then eventually like they fucking eventually got he got in a fight with the two brothers in the band and they just booted him and they're like all right we're done 
And then he starts in Velvet Revolver, and it's like, oh, hey, me and these guys are going to have a cool band now. Like, this is basically him, you know, being in Vice with ARMY. <laughs> like, oh, hey, I got this new thing. I know I fucked up that other thing, but now I got a new thing. And then he fucks that one up, too. <laughs> well, you know, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> and he gets back with STP, and, like, they're, you know, okay, things are good. We're going to do all these things. But he keeps fucking up again, and eventually they get sick of it and get another fight. And he gets thrown out again. <laughs> and yeah. then he eventually, you know, dies. Overdoses and dies. I don't mean to speak ill of him because he's, you know, he was a great, great musician. But, man, he had his demons and he definitely seemed to have a history of fucking up. I like Stone Temple Pilots. Uh Too. You know, I don't know. I hear ya. I don't know. I feel bad for that dude. Me too. He seems like a, I mean, it sounds like I was just kind of looking at his, you know, uh, Wikipedia this week and man, it seems like his childhood was pretty rough. So I get why things went the way they did. You have a dog? No. No, I heard, I thought there was somebody else outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I hear ya. Yeah. So that's, that to me makes him Shane Vendrell. Yeah. <laughs> and SCP kind of sounds, of all the grunge bands, they sound the most southern to me. Yeah, I guess I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't want to hurt you, too. Um, I also have Queen. Oh, okay. You know, I don't know if it's the chops. <laughs> it's the teeth? <laughs> it might <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, they both got some big, big yeah. chompers there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you got? Um, my other one, um, a band, another band that's not really technically that southern. I think they're from California, but you know, they sound somewhat southern. Uh, I went with Primus. Oh yeah. Oh they, yeah. 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 Oh, definitely Primus. They're just kind of, like, weird and fucked up, which fits Shane Vendrell to a T. And, like, there's so much of that Les Claypool bass in there that it just sounds ominous, which, again, seems like Shane. You're like, this guy's going to do something bad. I can but watch. Yeah, definitely <laughs> Primus, for sure, with Shane. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know, Primus was one of those bands, like, same with... I'm not saying I don't like Primus, but I wanted to really like Primus, and, you know, I, I bought, I don't know what CD I have of theirs. I don't even remember, but, you know, I like, I like, I like oh, yeah, I got the I got the new Primus CD. Like, how is it? Like, it's really good. But then, like, when, when I'm humming along listening to it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't fucking get Primus. <laughs> I'm not getting this at all. Yeah, they're one of those bands that I've never, I guess, fully gotten into. Like, there are a good number of songs that I'm like, I really love this song. But, like, whole albums, I just kind of, it's, like, too much. It's like, uh. All right. It kind of lost its luster, but yeah, definitely some really standout moments for sure. Jerry was a race car driver. You remember that song? It was goddamn fast. <laughs> never did win a checker flag, but it never did come in last. They were kind of like Cake, but not as entertaining to me. Like, I find, <laughs> like, Cake's kind of weird, too, with their songs. They have a lot of yeah? weird-ass songs, that. but they're a little more fun, though, I think. Yeah, I, I remember I got the second Cake album from uh, Columbia House back in the day. Yeah. When I, uh, 11, 
CDs for a penny. Well, I got the I got the Primus CD at the Columbia House back in '90s, whatever year that was. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I don't that think I thing to do back then. I don't think I ever fulfilled my obligation to that thing. Uh, sadly, I did, but I bought like the just bought like cassette tapes, <laughs> like the cheapest things I could find. Oh. <laughs> just just to try to get out of it, you know, as cheaply as possible. Now here's the question: Do you still buy? Uh, like CDs or do you do everything digital now as far as your music and shit? Yeah, it's pretty much all digital. I guess if there's like, you know, every once in a while there's a band I really, really like, so I'll buy the CD, but it's mostly digital. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I used to love getting a new CD. Like, you know, when you're a teenager and shit and like you got like a new cassette or something, like it was a big deal. I don't know. It's fucking... Hell yeah. I'm old as fuck. But like... You know, you used to come home and like, oh, wonder what the liner notes are going to look like and shit. Yes. And you, put, you play the tape and hopefully, like, if you were lucky, like, the lyrics and shit were in there or, like, a little story from the band or pictures. Yeah. Or, like, I, I know you like to make fun of me for listening to The Offspring, but some of their album booklets are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's like cool artwork inside that you're like, oh, God, this was worth it just for the for the booklet. <laughs> My friend's got a girlfriend and she hates that bitch. <laughs> it's a great song. Is that your favorite song? Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's it's up there. That's a good song. General. I don't know that I don't know any of the words. I just kind of know <laughs> that song. What's the name of that song? Uh, the kids aren't all right. Oh yeah. Jimmy took a shit in his pants and you're <laughs> wiping it up. I, I don't know how the lyrics It's something like you that. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got any other bands? Nope. What's your uh, number three? Uh, the only other band I have is I don't even know why I put them down, but I, like I just thought of Shane when I like Molly Hatchet. Oh, okay. I only know that one song they sing is like that. I'm driving down the road and I'm flirting with disaster. Mm-hmm. I don't know that song, but that definitely feels like Shane. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like Shane, like oh yeah, he's definitely Molly Hatchet for some reason. I don't even know. That. <laughs> he just is. I wouldn't call him Molly Hatchet though. He'd probably think we were calling him a gay boy. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. Beat us up. <laughs> What'd you guys say to me? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, you right. I ain't Molly. Molly. Oh, sorry. I ain't no Molly Hatchet. <laughs> All right, Jank. I think we're done, man. I think so. Um. Oh, we should mention oh, yeah. we finally have a winner in oh, the contest. Oh, yeah. Suck way back that. at the end of season one. Yeah. <laughs> at long last, we have a winner. Is that season uh, one we did that? Yeah. Yep. I think that was the finale of season one where we announced that contest, and now finally we have a winner in season yeah. four. <laughs> Scott Baker, you have won yourself a prize from Larry's Closet O Prizes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find something. It'll be something, and it'll be in a box too. <laughs> Look for it's that. In a box. Yeah, we need an address and shit though. Yeah, I just sent him an email before we did the show, so hopefully he'll get back to me. See, that kid's <laughs> dreams come true. You listen to this show, and then you win a prize. Yep. Yeah, so, well, you can't win a prize now because he already got that prize. 
We haven't done. Yeah, anything. maybe there'll be another prize or another. We haven't contest. done any other contests since season one, but that's because you guys aren't fucking emailing. So I blame you. You blame yourself for not getting anything. Yep. Well, probably if we're gonna do another contest, we have to do it soon because apparently it takes two seasons to get a winner. So <laughs> we'll be out of seasons if we don't do it soon. Uh, I don't know. Um, two. Uh, so that's Mackie's Clubhouse at Yahoo if you want to email. Yep. And then we also have a Facebook page, right, Jank? Sure do. Uh, Mackie's Clubhouse on Facebook. Does you anybody, can find us there. Can we go there? Or? Yeah. Does anybody uh, sign up for that or no? Not really. It's probably we got about emails. half we as emails. many likes as your uh, LCS hockey <laughs> show had. No, I think that one actually had a decent amount by the end. So mm. we're nowhere near that amount. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to see the cool uh, like icon that changes every season, at least the color scheme does, go to Facebook. There you go. That's an that's an incentive and a half right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. We'll uh, we'll talk about next week's episodes. Uh, we'll be season four, episode three and four. Um and. Episode three of uh, this season is going to be a very special turning point for this show. This show? Yeah, our show. Why? We're we're done? No, that'll officially be the halfway point. Oh, we're halfway. Yeah. All right. As of the yeah, the Monday episode next week, we'll be halfway done. Holy hell, that's awesome. Yeah, we're making it. Yeah, the money is rolling in too, Jank. I can't. <laughs> I, I just want this, this show is a to cash end. cow. We I just didn't know it. I can't keep counting all this money. That's my whole day is just counting hundreds. <laughs> it was like that scene at the end of season two where they robbed the Armenian money train. Yes. Just tables full of it. Yeah, only more gunshots. <laughs> all yeah. right. All right. Guess that's it. Till next week. Bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. Thank you.